Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's ASF Weekly Science Podcast. I'm Alicia Halliday. I got some feedback this past weekend that the intro music was a little sad. I'm sorry. I'm actually looking for new music. I think I mentioned earlier the title is called For Hope, and I sometimes worry about making it too upbeat for those who just want something calming and gentle, but I'll keep working on finding the right music. For those of you that I met or connected with at the ASF San Francisco Day of Learning on Thursday, thank you so much for coming. The presentations were really fabulous and the topics were different than we've done in the past. For this West Coast Day of Learning, we focused in the morning on working with companies, industry, and helping autism entrepreneurs and venture capital firms think about things that families actually need. Many of these companies have already spent lots of money developing things without consulting with the families themselves. Many of them also do actually consult with the autism community, and they seem to be doing well. The afternoon was filled with science updates from people like Lisa Crowen, who talked about the need for research and services for adults. In fact, she pointed out most doctors don't even know the first thing about the needs of adults with autism, and that needs to change. And Donna Whirling talked about the female protective effect and why females are less likely to have a diagnosis. Finally, David Mandel spoke about what school systems need. And the answer is yes, things to help kids. But let's not forget making them accessible, easy, and helping the teachers as well. Because if the teachers don't know how to use this new technology or this new technology is just a pain in the ass, they're just going to drop it. Anyway, this week I want to focus on a topic that all pediatricians have on their minds, but some less than others. That is screening all children for autism. I know what you might be thinking. Hasn't this already been settled? The American Academy of Pediatrics actually recommends screening for autism in 18 and 24 months. Not to diagnose people or kids with autism, but find out which of them need a deeper evaluation and a fuller diagnosis. Whitney Guthrie, an ASF fellow, but I'll disclose that the study was not what we funded Whitney to do. It's great, but it just wasn't what we funded Whitney for, looked at the use of screening and the accuracy of a standard screening measure called the Modified Checklist for Autism in Toddlers, or MCHAT. If you have a child with autism, hopefully you've at least heard about this. Autism Speaks added a plug for the MCHAT screener at the end of the Sesame Street videos that Julia appears on, and some organizations really didn't like this and condemned PBS television for it. I still don't understand that. Anyway, the MCHAT is short, but doctors are supposed to follow up with more questions to really hone in on what the challenges these toddlers with autism have. Some questions on the MCHAT are, does your child look you in the eye when you are talking to him or her, dressing him or her, or playing with him or her? Another one is, if you point at something across the room, does your child look at it? And also, does your child play pretend or make-believe? And they also provide examples because sometimes as a new parent, who the hell knows if your kid is trying to play make-believe? Or sometimes some, the scenarios can be so wacky, who can even possibly understand? So back to Dr. Guthrie's new study, which I'm pointing out because one, it was well-designed and answered a lot of questions about screening, but two, the media screwed up the headlines and missed the point, particularly headlines like these, large-scale study cast doubt on universal screening. Here's another one, test for autism fail. That second one is a clickbait. There is, in fact, discussion in some communities 
and even pediatrician communities because there hasn't always been a straight line from screening to better outcomes. That is, of course, there are questions about what is the point of screening or whether we should just dump it and let kids follow with whatever path, whatever concerns, with no guidance from any pediatrician or healthcare professional until things start to fall apart for that child. So I guess that's the argument against screening. In fact, a few early intervention studies have looked at screening, finding those kids who are, who are likely to develop a diagnosis through screening, providing intervention, and then looking at their outcomes both before and after the intervention. Almost no studies have followed up those that have not screened positive, so those that seem fine, and looked at their outcomes. Because while that seems a little backwards, some doctors are wondering if the MCHAT in fact misses kids and what happens to those kids if in fact their screening turns out negative, but they end up with a positive diagnosis. Anyway, the headlines are getting it wrong in this area and that can really be disastrous. Doctors can look at this and just decide on their own that they would just rather not screen or screening really doesn't work or tests for autism fail. Dr. Guthrie works with the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia network that serves 31 pediatricians offices across Pennsylvania and southern New Jersey and has access to early infant records, including the MCHATs and the outcomes of some of the kids that went on to get diagnosed with autism. So that was about 20,000 of those kids that had MCHAT screening data and diagnosis data. Now, not all of them have autism, but some of them have some sort of medical records, including the MCHAT. Looking at the MCHAT alone, all the kids that screen positive on the MCHAT, regardless of an autism diagnosis, about 9.5% scored positive. And most of them got the follow-up interview, but not all of them. About 88% of them got the follow-up interview. Now, really, 100% need to get the follow-up interview, so we don't really know what's going on with the other 12%. 95 seems pretty high. The prevalence of autism is at 9.5%. Well, the MCHAT is designed to actually be a little bit overreaching because they don't want to miss anyone with autism. The theory is, is that it's better to actually catch concerns. And by the way, a lot of kids who score high on the MCHAT have concerns other than autism that need intervention and services. So a lot of kids got screened. Almost everyone got screened. And that's a good sign. But remember, this is within an academic research center. This may not be the case in, you know, rural Arkansas or somewhere in Wyoming. It showed that the MCHAT, though, of everyone who got screened, picked up about 39% of those that had autism, which means most of the other kids who were diagnosed actually screened negative. So they were missed on the MCHAT. This translates into a positive predictive value or the probability that someone who screens positive on the MCHAT will have autism at about 15%. Now, that's not so good news for the MCHAT specifically. Those numbers are a little bit lower than other studies. However, the MCHAT was better at older ages and picked up a lot of kids that didn't have autism, but had something else like language issues or developmental problems. So it isn't like it was a total failure. In this particular study, it just wasn't super great at picking up those specifically with autism. But the point of all this is that the media is using this opportunity to dump on universal screening. 
So I specifically reached out to Dr. Guthrie about the implications of the study. And I also talked to Dr. Diana Robbins, who actually helped write the MCHAT and did some of the early studies on the MCHAT. And she's doing a study, which she'll explain more about, about a project she's doing to help understand what really goes on in pediatrician practices that, in fact, may not be affiliated with a university. The bottom line is both of these highly respected researchers endorse screening. So instead of me interpreting how Dr. Robbins and Dr. Guthrie interpreted the data, I asked them. So Dr. Guthrie, what was the question you were asking in this study? In this study, we set out to examine the accuracy of autism screening in a large cohort of children who were screened universally and followed up systematically. Our overarching goal was to address some of the really important but yet unanswered questions in autism screening. Here at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, we started rolling out universal screening with the MCHAT with follow-up about 10 years ago. So my colleagues and I found ourselves in a unique position to do a couple of things that few previous researchers have been able to do. First, because we have an integrated electronic health record system that integrates records from primary care where children are screened together with records from specialty care where children are diagnosed, we were able to follow the entire cohort to see who was eventually diagnosed with ASD. This let us not only see who the MCHAT detected, but also to see how many children may have been missed. We also had the opportunity to see how screening works in a real-world clinical setting, where both screening and later diagnosis were all completed by CHOP clinicians with no intervention at all from researchers. Instead, we were able to see what happens when a healthcare system implements the AAP screening guidelines. I already described the main findings, but there were some real interesting results with regards to racial and ethnic minorities that were of particular concern. Dr. Guthrie, what did that analysis reveal? The good news is that when children with ASD did screen positive, they were diagnosed an average of seven months earlier compared to children with ASD who were missed by screening. So, although the MCHAT wasn't as sensitive as we'd hoped, it does seem to be having a pretty substantial benefit for children with ASD who do screen positive. In the life of a toddler, seven months can make a really big difference when it comes to early intervention. Now, here's the thing about the MCHAT. It's not about the MCHAT as a test. Sometimes it can be the way, if any, doctors are administering it. This is Dr. Diana Robbins, who's at Drexel University. Dr. Robbins, what is your group doing to address the question of why the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force was pretty ambivalent about universal screening, but the American Academy of Pediatric recommends it? And what's going on in most pediatricians' offices, at least those who are not part of the Children's Hospital Network? Yes, in the Children's Hospital Network, screening was high. What about elsewhere? The American Academy of Pediatrics has taken the stance that universal autism screening is low cost, low burden, and yields a low risk of harm. In contrast, the United States Preventive Services Task Force has determined that the balance of risks and benefits is not yet known. The task force acknowledged that screening detects children with autism, but identified some gaps in the literature that precluded support for universal screening. One of these gaps is that treatment studies in which children with autism are identified through screening rather than other means was not yet available. The evidence on early intervention indicates that the younger children are when they start intervention, the better the outcomes. Therefore, strategies that identify autism younger, such as universal screening, should lead to earlier onset of treatment and subsequently better outcomes. 
Another gap they identified is studies that follow up screen negative cases. This is a challenge to accomplish. In order to obtain rigorous research reliable diagnoses, the cost would be astronomical to confirm non-autism in thousands of children. However, in the alternate approach where studies examine the records of older children to see earlier screen results and subsequent diagnoses, it is not possible to disentangle true false negative cases in which children could have been detected, meaning their symptoms were already evident during toddler screening, but the screening failed to identify them. From children who were not yet detectable at the toddler screening, whose symptoms emerged as they got older, such as when social and communication demands increased. Ideally, future studies will combine both concurrent strategies to detect missed cases during the toddler age and prospective strategies using rigorous research diagnoses to confirm cases in both younger and older children. To address the first gap that I described in which treatment studies enroll children who were identified through primary care screening, we have a current Autism Center of Excellence grant funded by the National Institute of Mental Health to address the question of how practices during the primary care checkup impact diagnosis and long-term outcomes after children receive evidence-based early intervention. We named the study Connecting the Dots because we felt that the concern over lack of evidence on early intervention studies in screen-detected children was insignificant. If research shows that earlier autism-specific intervention leads to better outcomes and children detected by screening are generally younger than children detected through other strategies, one only has to connect the dots to predict that screen-detected children will have positive results from early intervention. Our study is a randomized controlled trial enrolling children who are attending primary care toddler checkups at participating pediatric practices in three states. Children who are identified at risk, either based on screening or other strategies providers use, receive a rigorous diagnostic evaluation. Those who receive a diagnosis of autism are invited to participate in a year of evidence-based early intervention. And we are tracking these children's outcomes until they turn five years old and get ready to enter kindergarten. Not all healthcare providers are using the MCHAT in the same way. When providers change the way the tool is used, it limits interpretation of the results. Our recommendation is that all providers follow our approach, which is universal, standardized, high-fidelity screening. Universal means screening all children attending toddler checkups, not a subgroup selected based on some clinical judgment. Standardized means administering and scoring the tool the same way for everyone. High-fidelity means following the instructions for administering, scoring, and using the algorithm that indicates next steps based on the child's screening score. A study we presented last year at the International Society for Autism Research demonstrated that among 27 providers we interviewed, only one met the threshold for universal standardized high-fidelity screening, even though all providers reported that they use screening as part of their primary care. Some of the deviations these providers reported included administering the MCHAT only when other risk for autism was identified, rather than universally. Some were administering only a subset of items rather than the full 20 questions. But the most common deviation was when a provider overrode a positive screen based on clinical judgment. 
This resulted in referring only a subset of screen-positive children for diagnostic evaluation. It is likely that these deviations delay diagnosis and therefore delay onset of autism-specific intensive intervention. The most important part of this podcast and really any one of my podcasts is what does this mean for families? I asked Dr. Guthrie and Robbins the same question and here were their responses. Our study demonstrates just how important screening is at 18 and 24 months because autism screening does seem to lead to an earlier diagnosis for some children with ASD. We also saw that screening twice, once at the 18-month well-child visit and again at the 24-month visit, detected more children with ASD compared to just one screening, so it's critically important that both of these screenings take place. It's also important for parents to know that no screening method is going to be perfect and no questionnaire will take the place of parents themselves. Parents should talk to their pediatrician if they have any concerns about their child's development, and they should specifically ask for a referral if they have concerns about ASD, even if their child screens negative on an autism screener like the MCHAP. There are a few important things families should know about screening for autism at the 18 and 24 month pediatric checkups. Screening is an important tool to detect children who need a closer look from experts. But here are a few important points to remember. First, screening is not a diagnosis. Sometimes children score at risk when they do not have autism. However, many of these children have other developmental delays that will benefit from early intervention. Second, screening cannot be perfect. It is intended to be integrated into other strategies to detect autism risk, such as ongoing pediatric surveillance or monitoring. If a parent or provider has autism concerns, the child should be referred even if the screening results are negative. Third, a single screening time point cannot capture all cases of children with autism. This is likely the case even if a child is screened at two time points, such as the AAP's recommended 18 and 24-month visits. Parents and providers should remain vigilant for the later emergence of autism risk signs and seek evaluation from experts at any time during the child's development. What do you want families to know about screening at 18 and 24 months? The American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that children who screen positive on an autism screener like the MCHAT should actually get three referrals. The first for early intervention services, the second for a diagnostic evaluation, and the third to an audiologist to rule out any possible hearing difficulties. As time-consuming as these steps can sometimes be, it's critically important for providers to make these referrals and for parents and caregivers to follow up on those referrals. Children in our study who were detected by the MCHAT and diagnosed earlier were only able to receive that benefit because somebody referred that child and because parents pursued those referrals. If a child screens positive, the family should do two things. One is to schedule a diagnostic evaluation with an expert, such as a developmental behavioral pediatrician, a psychologist, or another healthcare provider trained to diagnose autism in very young children. The second is to contact the local early intervention agency for an intake appointment. This should happen in parallel. The child does not need a diagnosis to start early intervention, and parents should not wait for the evaluation, which may be delayed due to long wait lists. The child's educational plan through the early intervention agency can be updated when a diagnosis is obtained. 
I want to thank Dr. Whitney Guthrie from Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and Dr. Diana Robbins from Drexel University in Philadelphia, who are really two landmark researchers who are really trying to not just study screening, improve it and make sure doctors are using it. The bottom line is don't give up on screening. If you're a parent, insist on it. And if you're a doctor listening to this, please do it. Thanks for listening.